Hello everyone and welcome to the Beyond Resilience Life. This is your host, Dr. Lidiana Garcia, and today I have the pleasure and honor of sharing this special episode for mothers on Mother's Day. First of all, I just want to say congratulations. I hope you're celebrating today, regardless of how you're celebrating. I feel like Mother's Day should be like every day because of all the sacrifices that we make. But on today in particular, I want to create this special episode in which I'm going to tell you a little bit of my journey of being a mom and some of the things that I have learned. And I have also like, yeah, the interviews that I've done in this second season that I feel like are so, so important to kind of share. But before we go there, let me just remind you that anything that I share in this episode or in any other other episodes of the Beyond Resilience Life is not meant to substitute psychotherapy or medical care and to please recommend you to consult with your primary doctor or provider if you want to implement any of the recommendations given in this or any of the other episodes. So now let's begin. So like I mentioned, like I was mentioning, today is Mother's Day and I feel like Mother's Day is like every day, especially when you're like in it and you feel like there's no break. And to be honest, before I go into my story, I just want to start with, as I'm recording this, of course, you're going to, this episode is going to be released on Mother's Day, but I recorded it earlier. I actually recorded it on a Wednesday and today I am feeling like in the morning. My son woke up several times. I am almost popping with second baby. And I woke up annoyed. I woke up annoyed with like, oh, like I didn't sleep well. And it was like one of those days, I feel like this whole shelter in place and being at home with your kid every day has been taking a toll. And today was one of those days that it was like, oh, like, this is so hard. Can I get like an hour of uninterrupted time, which has been really hard lately because we're all at home and we technically we live in an apartment so we don't have like a backyard and I don't live like back in El Campo in Puerto Rico where I grew up that I could just go out and play and all that it's like we're all stuck inside so it's been so hard so if you're listening to these and it's one of those days especially new moms I keep remembering like you have all this expectation of how it's idealized this day. But if today is one of those days that you really would have preferred to just be alone and have your break, I hear you and I'm with you because I know. And I remember, you know, some Mother's Day that all I wanted was just for me to be by myself. And my first, well, my second birthday after I had my son, what I asked my husband was, I need a night out. And by myself, not even with friends. And that's what I did for my second birthday when, I mean, my son was already a year and I just went to a hotel. It was local and I did a spa and it was so relaxing to be by myself the whole night, the whole day. And then I came back refreshed. So I just want to say whatever you choose to do today is perfect. And I'm thinking more for moms that have little ones or have children that require a lot of attention or adults that require a lot of attention. Because I also know that today can be a day that could be really sad for those that their children are adults, or they're no longer in the home, or for any, you know, X, Y, and C situation, they don't have their access to their children. So today can be actually a day of mourning and being like wanting to be with them. And then we also have the other side of the ones that, you know, are 
mourning the loss of their moms or their caregivers or their grandmothers. So it's like a very interesting day of mixed emotions. And I'm also thinking for all of you that have lost any babies, you know, that probably you were expecting today to be this day. And then it came and it's just reminding you of what you don't have. So wherever you are, I just want to honor you before we go about. Alrighty. So now I'm just going to tell a little bit of my story. And I know I've shared my story in several episodes and it also in other interviews that I've been part of. But this time what I want to focus a little bit more is on the lessons that I have. So let me start with saying when my son made me a mom, it was back in June in 2015. It was the birth in itself was very, very peaceful for the most part. I had a home birth. Everything went kind of as expected. I just had like a little more bleeding at the end. So I had to get some IVs and then other complications. But during birth, basically everything well, really well. Every Everything went real well. Something that I did not expect it, and I know a lot of people kind of talk about that now, but in our society, there's this image of motherhood and moms like feeling so in love with their children and I'm so happy, I'm so tired, but I'm so in love and all these kind of messages. And for me, that was really hard because what was going on with me was birthing the mom, especially when I was a very go, 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 go getter kind of person. I was very driven, very determined. I'm still are, but I was way more back then. And it was also because I was kind of in a survival mode. When I got pregnant with my son, I think that was like maybe the second year that we were back to being somewhat financially stable. And it was the year after our really fun travel to, I mean, I had him. I, I got pregnant like several months after we took like our first fun international vacation. So we were like barely getting back to we went through a really hard time financially and it was like the first time that both of us were working we were earning good money we were saving a lot we were paying a lot of debt so i was starting to slow down a little bit because i was really really working a lot and then i got pregnant and the pregnancy in general went well now that i'm having a second pregnancy i can say that one went actually really well yes i did had um nausea at the beginning and all that but after week 16 17 like around four months almost five I was fine I was I had a lot of energy I exercised I did prenatal yoga until the day before I went into labor like everything went really well and the piece that I was missing was the aspect of how much and my child was very high needs how they call it out there like he would, he had something in his back. So whenever you lay him down, he would scream bloody murder or even to change any diaper. It was really hard. So, and I was breastfeeding on demand and all that. And it was so hard for me to feel that now I had this vein that depends completely on me. And I feel overwhelmed with the birthing of the mom and grieving my old self. And that took a lot of the space. And actually, it, it was so hard for me to get past through that, that that also, I would say, impacted my 
connection at the beginning with my son. Because I went from being in a high, high zone, for those of you that have heard, you know, and seen my videos about high and low zone, to automatically being put all the way down. And I'm not comfortable with being in a lower zone and feeling very tired because I was not sleeping and all those kind of things. And at the same time, trying to figure out, is this is it? Like I, I remember asking myself, like, wow, all these moms that are saying that they're so in love with their children and that they're tired, but they see their kids and they're so in love. That was something that was really, really hard for me. And that's when I started realizing that there was something that was happening, that I was not connecting to my son and that I was going into baby blues or how we kind of people can call it stigmatized or put a label on it, postpartum depression, which I think it's part of the journey that a lot of women go through, especially when we live in this society that we get the message, or at least my generation got the message that as women, we can do anything that we want. And we were under, and I'm saying I was, let me just say I was under the impression that I could do anything that I wanted. So I thought mothering was going to come intuitively, but it didn't. And this was also linked to some kind of generational trauma that patterns that were passed on from my grandmother to my mom and then me. So I was also like, there's something else here that is playing a part. But if we take all of that away, I was that one of those women that I always get so many ideas. Right now I'm back to it and I know I'm going to lose it a little bit because of feeling tired or not. I don't know. Second baby, you know, but I was very much like a very driven. I can do all these kind of things. And out of the blue, I wanted to do those things, but I couldn't because either I was too exhausted, one. Second, I was breastfeeding, so I couldn't necessarily on demand. So I couldn't necessarily call someone or make an appointment. I remember making appointments at that time was so hard because people kind of forget that at the beginning, moms, we don't have a schedule. There's no schedule. You can try to have a schedule, but it goes away. As soon as you find a schedule, then it goes down the road, you know. And I'm talking about the first days. I know some people can work really well with schedules. I, With me and my son in particular, that was not in work. So that for me was really hard because I couldn't plan anything. And I was completely in a surrendering mode. And... I was also like experiencing everything postpartum, my body, you know, I was, there's a whole piece of not cute feeling of there's secretions, secretions everywhere in your body is, you know, your, those 40 days of blood and um, sorry if this is too TMI, but it's just what it is. And, you know, you're breastfeeding and so many things, right? So, and I was healing postpartum too, my vaginal birth. And that for me was so, so hard. And I remember feeling also like I was different, maybe feeling like there was something wrong with me. Why can't I feel what these people say? Why can't I feel like I'm tired, but I'm so in love with my child? That was not going on for me. And again, I would say society can call that postpartum depression and all that. But I would wonder how it is. It has to do with the way that we're living, the way that women have been given all these ideas of everything that we can do. And I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I believe women can accomplish so many things. And yet when you become a mom 
And so people can say, yeah, well, you can choose not to breastfeed. You can choose not to do this thing. So that way you're not like so hooked into like the baby. And I guess that's an option. But for me, it wasn't because I, I wanted to to provide what I believe was the best source of nutrition for my son. So it was this conflict. That's the best way of putting it. It was definitely a conflict of me wanting to continue to be the driven person, the business person, create things. And then on the other side, me also feeling the pull of actually being with my son, connecting, mothering, but they were fighting. It was like I was in between looking at it. Technically, that's how I felt. Like I was in the middle, just looking at both sides, fighting and giving a fit because they were not getting their way. And me feeling so overwhelmed that I couldn't necessarily do anything. So I got in, I was in the paralyzed um, mode. This went on for several months, definitely seeking out help, connecting with my friends and met new mom friends that were very real. And we're not into that BS of, you know, like, I love my child all the time. I can do this forever kind of mode. And maybe that that's true for some people. But I met this great group of moms that they were very true. You know, they were very honest. They were like, today, I hate this. Like, I just want to go out and not have to care about breastfeeding and drink and all those kind of things. Like we don't or like just go by myself to the movie theaters or something. And I love that because I feel like as women, we have lost and, and, and whoever identifies with the feminine, we have lost that connection of of kind of like who we are and, 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 and all these other expectations that are given at us or just wanting to enjoy pleasure of things that we enjoy, even if it's drinking our coffee, what, you know, going to the movie theater by yourself, whatever it is, I feel like patriarchy and a lot of other collective kind of traumas have taken out our choices or our identity of that we can be this attuned, happy person with ourselves. It's always about, do you look the way? And then, oh, that was another thing. My body was not going back to how a lot of people. So there was a lot of guilt and shame that I felt like bigger in my like I um I got very wide in my torso and I remember feeling like ugly and and so many comments in the Latinx community there's so many comments about that. Oh pobrecita, you know, soon you get there. Um, you know, all these kind of comments of yes and or comparing or people asking, Are you still pregnant? Oh my god, there's so much, right, to unfold in that area. But I mean, I can go on and on about all these different things, but definitely what I wanted to focus was a little bit more about how I started shifting that into something that felt better. But before I go there, there was some, something else that was also happening that I think it was really, really important. My health was being compromised and a lot of my old stuff, now that I was able to like not be in a go-go mode, I was like down, a lot of things surfaced back. My stomach was really bad. And I remember going to the doctor and, and he was like, one of the recommendations is for you to eat food, like shoe food, like 30 times before you swallow. And I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm taking care of my son. <laughs> I'm breastfeeding sometimes while I'm eating and I don't have that much time. And my son was very active. He started um, crawling around about one week shy of being five months. So at four months, technically. And I was like, I don't have the time. Of course, he was a male 
GI doctor that probably <laughs> had no idea what it actually be means when you're breastfeeding on demand and when you're not sleeping and you're, you know, your child and all that. Or I might be wrong in terms of him, like if he had any children. But in general, I felt like somebody else that keeps saying all the things that I have to do and all the self-care that you have to do. But it was not being kind of adapted to my situation. And that was really, really hard. After noticing and continuing to see my body going downhill, I was like, these are all like signs that I need to slow down and pay attention to me because I was really focusing on my son, what was good for him, the sleeping arrangement, what was good for him, the breastfeeding, what was good for him and all these kind of things. But from a very kind of like a survival mode in a way, to be honest. And he had a like some respiratory issues at the beginning, like some wheezing, but not issue with oxygen. But like, I was like, I went into a mode, like any little sign that he had, I was like, there's something wrong with him. I'm being a bad mom. Not necessarily that he was going to die. I know some people go through that, but I felt like I need to resolve. I need to resolve this now. He cannot be in pain. And again, as I kept going into my journey, I discovered that one in particular, like, I don't want him to be in pain. I need to resolve it now. It's also that was being passed on from my mom, you know, to be honest. And, but I felt like the urgency, everything was an urgency. He did that as an urgency, urgency, urgency. And I was focusing so much on him that I kept ignoring my need. But I built what happens a lot with a lot of women or caregivers that don't pay attention to their needs. It was, I was building this resentment and this anger because I felt like, that he was getting in the way of me doing whatever I needed for me. And I was not bulging in. I was, I would say I was overly focusing on his needs and what he wanted. But by ignoring mine, I was really getting so angry. And then I felt horribly about it. You know, it's like, it's, it's, there was, there was no way I was going to win with this. It's like, okay, I am focusing on him. I'm figuring these things out. I'm finding a pediatrician, whatever. But then I felt the resentment of me. I couldn't eat my food warm or I couldn't follow what the GI doctor said. And it was because of you. But then as soon as I was noticing that, then I was pushing it away, being like, no, you're such a bad mom. Shame on you. And you shouldn't think about that. He's your son. And then look at all this social media posts about moms being like so in love with their children. It was a mess (laughs) to say, you know, it was completely a mess. And when I hit rock bottom, I was like, okay, I need to change this. I cannot go like this. This is not helping me or my son. This is actually impacting our attachment and all that. And I was slowly be a therapy and be other kind of resources in terms of me, my um, kind of like going inwards and exploring that and also noticing ways that I could kind of make money that did not require that much my ability to think and reason because I was not sleeping and well. But then when I, you know, I started doing different things and putting me in priority too, I I ended up doing some kind of sleep training that sometimes I still kind of think like, did I do a good, you know, was that good or not? And there's so much stigma about that as well. I would say for our situation, that was one of the things that saved me. I know I probably had a lot of negative consequences on my son, but I was not, I was not well. And that's the piece that I want to bring is like a lot of times 
we resort to all these books and all these people, even including whatever has been recommended in the episodes that I have, you know, with guests or what I've said. We think like, oh, they're the experts. Let's follow whatever they're saying. But then when we do those recommendations, we're not necessarily taking in consideration your current situation, your variables and everything else that goes on. So that's when the discernment has to come for you as a listener and for me and for moms and caregivers to kind of put in perspective what applies to you and what doesn't. Because not everything applies. Of course, it's not. This is general recommendations. Even my journey with my son won't apply to my daughter. I can feel that already. The pregnancy has been completely different. So it's it's that piece of how can you prioritize yourself? How can you start noticing what is important for you? Because when I started doing that, then I started feeling more attuned to him because I was happier. I was not holding that much resentment and I was able to process the anger in a different way. And then I was able to be more present. And this is the part that I think it's key. It's so important when we're building a relationship with our children, right? Is how are we present with our children? So if you're listening to this, the whole purpose of me sharing this story or sharing these different pieces of my story is to lower any kind of stigma, guilt, shame that you probably have as a mom, because we all do. And to also normalize that it is freaking hard and that it's not how people talk about it. Let's start stopping doing that. Let's start stopping and in general women, you know, because of patriarchy or anyone that identifies with the feminine to stop kind of putting that mask. It's not serving you or people around you when you're putting that mask of like, I'm fine. Everything is fine. Yes. You know, smiling and all that. It's not helping you, your child, because they can feel the energy actually of how you really feel. And that can be what we call well, right now, I don't know how we call it, but um, there's terms for it. But in general, it's like when you're communicating something that is not attuned to your emotions, that brings a lot of confusion, especially for children as they're learning to communicate. Then they also learn that pattern of not, of not being true to themselves. And that's not helping our society. We're, we're having a lot of people with a lot of resentment, with a lot of anger, because they're, they're not living to what they want. And then one day they kind of like go, that's it, I'm done. And then they do all these other things that sometimes are harmful for themselves or others as they try to figure out who they are. So let's be honest with ourselves and let's stop doing that online and in social media. Somebody's asking you how you're doing. I mean, depending on whom, obviously. But if you want to share like, I'm actually not doing okay, this is hard. And with people that has the ability to hear you, and I know that's super important, but let's be honest, let's start sharing this because that's how we're going to continue to evolve. And for me, it's also helping me think from a perspective of decreasing generational trauma because that happened a lot with my mom and with my grandmom. And I, be, I understand, I mean, women, patriarchy and all that has taken so much of our power away and has made so many ideas about, you know, like super negative connotation, like we're hysterical, we're witches and we're so many things. So a lot of that is in our psyche and we believe those things and we question our worth. But come on, 
If you do have a womb, you have the ability to procreate and create new life. You have the ability if you have breasts and everything is fine. You have ability to provide like this amazing nutrition to your child that might not be the best for you, but we do have that capacity that men don't have. So I would say really, really, really to tap into like, we have a lot of power. We have a lot of power that has been taken out for a reason. Yeah, because by taking that power, then we can, they can control us with medicine and with many other things. And there's been so many experiments that have been done in women, even thinking how they tested the pill in Puerto Rico. And so many women had, you know, were sterilized without them consent, technically, or children were born with some physical disability or something. So there's so many things that happen on us and all these ideas. And a lot of times when you look about it, all these ideas of beauty, all these ideas of feeling happy, when you look about it, a lot of times they're being implied by how patriarchy, not only by men, but also by other women that continue that message because a lot of times we're the ones that are raising our children. So we are the ones that send the message. So my grandmother, of course, in the 50s as a mom in Puerto Rico, and with all the sacrifices that she made to not be like her mom, who was a, a stay, I mean, she worked, but she had a lot of children and she was unmarried and probably was received a lot of like negative gossiping about that. My grandmother wanted to be different. She wanted to have a profession. She wanted to have more financial wealth. And she did all that. And at the same time, she sacrificed so much. But she was always like, not necessarily smiling, but that whole thing of holding back the anger and trying to be like, oh, but this is kind of like, it is what it is, kind of accepted. But they were not accepting it. And then my mom was also struggled with being authentic like with being herself. Like I remember whenever she would be upset about us, right away she would apologize. And now as I'm thinking back, there was like a lot of guilt and shame about that, about this image. And these newer generations that are coming out, that are being more open to discuss that, I think it's important that we continue to dismantle all these ideas of what women are supposed to, especially in motherhood, and just be honest. There's days that are really sucky and ugly and you just want to run away there's days that are amazing and you're like wow I, I live for this and there's so many in between that's part of parenthood and motherhood and that's basically what I wanted to give you is that whole idea that wherever you are you are okay and to keep putting that little kind of drop of be more of who you are because that's also helping the future generation to be more authentic with themselves we need that we need more people to be authentic, to live the life and their purpose and all that. So that way we can keep moving and evolving. And our job, our profession of being moms, it's one of the most underpaid, basically. I mean, we don't get paid for that, but undervalued. We are raising the future generation. We are changing things that we don't like. We have a lot of power. So let's take it back. I hope this was helpful and happy Mother's Day. And before we go, I wanted to just remind you that I would really, really, really benefit in terms of the podcast, not me. The podcast would really benefit if 
there's more ratings and reviews so that way more people can have access. There's a lot of information that I think there's already like about 40 something, 50 episodes if you added, add them all up. And there's a lot of information out there that could be helpful for so many people, especially because it's bilingual as well. So it could be shared with the bilingual population, the Spanish population, the people that speak Spanish. <laughs> so I would just wanted to like give you that if, if you like this episode and if you want to help to get get it more spread out to please go and you know like it review it and rank it and all those kind of things on iTunes or that way th- then it will pop up when people are looking for it and for help and also like if you want to get a hold of me you can send me an email to info at the beyond resilience life the last thing I wanted to say is thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for, for trusting and for allowing me this space to be vulnerable and be honest. Because I know by me doing that, I'm not only helping myself, but I'm also helping some of you that are questioning that and giving you the opportunity that if I am sharing this publicly, you can also share and you can also be yourself. That's my best wishes for you and today on Mother's Day and every day is Mother's Day. Until then, bye-bye.